0: For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Can it get any worse? The answer is maybe. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to your morning, Bucket Joe, for Thursday, June 15th, 2023. I'm Jake from Talk the Plank here, ready to talk you through the catastrophe that was uh, Wednesday night's game, second of the series against the Cubbies. The Pirates fell 10-6 in that game. Looked like they were going to win early on, but a six-run sixth inning propelled the Cubs to victory. And, uh, really it wasn't all the offense. It was just an implosion by Relance Contreras that helped the Cubs get back on track. And we're going to sadly talk about it today. Let's start with the good back in the first inning. Andrew McCutcheon and Carlos Santana, both combined pair of homers in the inning, gave him a three run lead. Um, Brian Reynolds also got a single, which helped, which he came around on in the Santana home run. So that was good to see. The bottom of the first Cubs got one back off a Dansby Swanson single. Okay. No harm, no foul. Um, it was just one little mistake by the debuting Osvaldo Bito. And we'll talk about him more in just a little bit. Santana struck again in the third. He singled home a run to get that run back four to one at that point. Austin hedges. Congratulations to him. He hit his first home run as a pirate yesterday. um, It was on a very shallow fly ball to left, but it had just enough carry on it to leave the ballpark. And no matter what way you score it, a home run is a home run. So congratulations to him and probably one of the best bat flips I've ever seen. You know he was practicing it. You know he was holding it in his arsenal, ready to unleash it when that first home run finally came. So congratulations to him. Then we flash forward to the sixth. So in the lead up, Beto was taken out in the uh, fifth inning to start the fifth. Um, he only finished the night with four innings pitched, which is expected for somebody making their debut. And he was at 85 plus pitches. So obviously, and manager Derek Shelton opted to go to Rolansi Contreras, which understandable. He was moved to the bullpen for a reason. You want to give him a shot here? Try to piggyback off Beto. Understand the initial thought. Well, Contreras struggled after a successful fifth inning in the sixth, Nick Madrigal walked in a run um, it was ugly. Then Mike Talkman, for some reason, who is now just becoming a baseball god, singled home two more to make it a five-four game. Okay, you're in the danger zone at this point. Then Ian Happ singled, um, as you would expect, the Pirate killer. Ian Happ singled home two runs, so the Cubs took a lead. They added another off of Dansby Swanson single um, to left field, and it was just an ugly, ugly ball game for um, Yo uh, for Rowanzi Contreras. And in the midst of that, Johan Ramirez came in and. Didn't do any better. Um, Right after the night that he gave up four earned runs against the Cubs, he came in last night for some odd reason, um, gave up one earned run. Five of those runs were credited to Contreras in the sixth. Uh, But Ramirez came in. His location was off. He was just not comfortable. He was not settling in. And it it really baffled me as a fan because I'm thinking, you have one of the best relievers on your team. You know, I'm going to save this for later. I'm going to save it for later when we get to the talking points. Let's continue on with the recap. So that by this time, the Cubs are up seven, five, we head into the seventh. Carlos Santana added another sacrifice or added another RBI. Thanks to a sacrifice. Fine. No harm, no foul brings them within one, but then things just completely unleashed in the eighth inning. Say Suzuki doubled home a couple of runs. And then Trey Mancini capped it off with a single that drove in the game's final run. And after a, Spotless top of the ninth for Chicago. Defensively, they walked out with a ten to six win. Awful, awful ball game. Well, actually, I can't say that it was an awful second half of a ball game. The first half was pretty good. Can't you can't lie about that. When the Pirates blast a couple of home runs, and by a couple I mean three, two of them by people who have been struggling at the plate, that's pretty good. But when your bullpen just absolutely unravels, and credit to Zvaldo Beto, he did really well in his debut. I don't care what anybody says. I think he did exceptionally well, and we're going to save his performance for the end because obviously we want to end on a good note. Let's start with the bad and let's start with the most obvious thing. So Derek Shelton goes to a Contreras. He leaves him in a little too long, gives up a couple runs. He then goes to Johan Ramirez who struggled the night before. So in, in two nights, two consecutive nights, Ramirez has combined to give up five total earned runs. His location was terrible. And the thing that bothers me the most is he has one of the best relievers when runners are on base and run, pretty much in an inherited runner situation. He has one of the best relievers in Dari Moreta. And yet he was not even warming up. Why? After the game, he said um, that Moreda was down. But why? Why? He had off Monday. He had off Tuesday. And now he had off Wednesday. That's three consecutive off days for one of your best relievers. I hate to be that guy, but going back to the Clint hurdle era, if he was in a pinch like that, he would bring in his top reliever, best one with inherited runners. Hate me all you want, but that's that, you know, that's true. Um, I, the Rowan Contreras. I, I, I'm lost for words of what to say to say about him right now. Remember the guy who, when we first got him, could shove and shove and shove. He doesn't care who was at the plate. He would just absolutely mow him down. But one of the things I noticed, and I think this was a, uh, an observation pointed out by Vinny Buffone on Twitter, it seems like the, the pattern for Contreras, fastball up and in, slider or breaking pitch, low and away. Do you realize, and this is not directed at Vinny, this is more or less at Contreras and the pitching staff. Do you realize how easily readable that is? How one dimensional of a game plan that is. And considering Contreras, control has been really off lately with the slider. Why would you even tempt that? It's pretty much on par with Johan Ramirez. Their control has been awful. Now, I'm normally one to immediately go send him to the minors, but I really think the Keller treatment here would work wonders for, for Rowe. I mean, we saw how it worked with, with Keller. He was lost on the mound before in the first couple of years he was up. And then they sent him down to AAA to work on some things. And that was, I believe preceding by a bullpen roll. Um, it was either that or the bullpen roll came after, but either way, you know what I mean? And then he came back and was actually, it was a much better version of himself. Granted, Keller also did add the sweeper and the sinker to his arsenal. And I think that could benefit Contreras as well. Although I'm getting kind of worried because it seems to be the be-all end-all solution to our Pirates pitchers is add a sinker or a cutter or a sweeper or all three or both. That seems to be the common solution nowadays. I don't know what the solution is for Contreras. And it's rightful for me, a fan, to say I don't know what the solution is. Because I'm not in everyday game ops. But I can tell that the coaching staff, the front office, are just lost with what to do with Rowan Contreras. And don't get me wrong. I'm not going to say that he's a bust from when we traded for him. Okay, I'm not on that chip yet. In fact, I think the potential is still there for Rowan Contreras. You got to remember, this is the guy when he was in the minor leagues, was mowing down hitters left and right using all sorts of pitch mixes. And in that time, he didn't even have a sinker. He didn't have a cutter or anything like that. He stuck with what worked. But then again, it's kind of easy to mow down people in the minor leagues because you're facing janitors, you're facing veterans who have never seen the MLB, and you're facing 29th round prospects who have no future in the MLB. It is a big jump. I'll say that. But it doesn't take away from the fact that Contreras was still dominant in the minor leagues. And I think that potential is still there. I don't know if he's just got the yips. I don't know if... Oscar Marine is just trying a new pattern with him. I don't know if it's just the chemistry with his catchers, because you got to think when Roe was in the minor leagues, he dealt with top prospects, Henry Davis, Andy Rodriguez, and he also dealt with a couple other guys who are probably closer to his age. Now he's dealing with Austin Hedges and Jason DeLay, both of whom are slightly older, maybe a little out of his generation. I'm not saying the age is the reason that he's struggling, but I'm trying to consider all factors. Again, I do believe. The old Roansy Contreras is there. I don't think that it's gone. I think he's just lost his way a little bit. I hope he get, I hope he rebounds soon. And I hope the pirates do have a plan for him. Cause if I hear Derek Shelton say, I don't know one more time and I didn't get to hear his full post game interview, but I swear if he said the words, Oh, his breaking stuff just wasn't there tonight. That's not it coach. That, that, that is not it. Roansy is lost. Okay, It's not his breaking stuff. It's not his fastball. It is just the fact that he is a lost puppy out there. And one more thing on the bad table. Um, Colin Holderman, what happened to him? Okay. And no, I'm not here to do a dance saying we should have kept vocal back. Trust me. That's not my ideology at all. But what is up with Colin Holderman? He pitched two thirds of an inning last night, gave up four hits, three runs, all of them earned, walked one, and then only one strikeout. This was the guy. That was your dominant, well, pretty much like Tony Watson 2.0, maybe a little bit better uh, throughout April and a little bit of May. But now all of a sudden we're in June and he's just falling apart. I don't know if it's because he's dealing with the same effects or hitters are just picking apart better. Um, But it's getting really old watching Colin Holderman just give away leads like that. Or not even leads, but just like pretty much open the wound a little bit more i don't know i had to throw that in there because you know we're, we're holding people to the fire today and that's and i had to hold everybody um let's get to some of the good starting with Osvaldo Beto. he did everything you could probably ask of him except his pitch count got a little too high but again he's debuting he's not used to this setting so i give him credit and i give him credit four innings pitched four hits allowed one earned run three walks six strikeouts this kid is something. He struck out all three, or struck out three hitters in the first inning. His ERA after a one start, 225, not too shabby. Um, I will say, don't buy into it completely. How many times have the Pirates had somebody who was stellar in their debut and then they just fell apart? All right, all I'm asking is just a little cautious optimism. Um, hitting wise, Brian Reynolds, a three hit night. Connor Joe and Carlos Santana, two hits apiece. Um, again, Austin Hedges, big home run for him. His OPS now at the 492 on the year. <laughs> I had to throw that in there. I had to be a little cynical. Josh Palacios, though, a hit last night. Did pretty good for him. Um, so the the bats were alive. Um, some could argue that they weren't in the clutch scenarios. And I'm not going to get into the Jack Sawinski debate. Twitter was a mess last night because of Jack Sawinski. So I'm going to stay out of that and just watch the world burn. Angel Perdomo, an inning of scoreless relief, two strikeouts, not too bad. And Jose Hernandez, a third of an inning of scoreless relief. So there were some positives, if you will, to this. Um, But the fact that the Pirates lost 10 to 6 when they had a 5 to 1 lead is the biggest thing that sticks out to me. It's probably going to be the biggest thing that sticks out to you. Um, It's just a shame that the, the Pirates bullpen wasted Osvaldo Beto's terrific debut. I'm trying to find the right word to describe it, but it is just sad that it was wasted. But again, he didn't, he wasn't credited with a loss. So I guess there's a a silver lining there. Um, Looking forward to the series finale here tonight. um, Johan Oviedo will go up against Marcus Stroman. Look, I'm going to be real with you and I want you to listen carefully. I don't have faith in Johan Oviedo tonight. And I don't have, I don't have faith in the pirates offense against Marcus Stroman. I mean, if, aside from a couple of innings against drew smiley last night, the fact that we couldn't hit the Cubs bullpen, which is statistically one of the worst in the league, the fact that we couldn't hit them does nothing. And the fact that we're going up against Marcus Stroman, who's actually looking like a better version of himself. I have zero faith in the pirates tonight. I'm not saying that everybody's going to go, Oh, for, I'm not going to say we're going to get hit or no hit, but I just, I just don't believe it. I really don't. And Oviedo, he has starts where he's good. He has starts where he's bad. And I feel like tonight it's going to be one of those bad starts. Love the guy. I think he's a great pitcher, but his inconsistency is what scares me the most. But I hope they prove me wrong, as always, because then the Pirates will get a win. And, I mean, if the, again, biggest silver lining. Let's end on this note. Pirates are still a game ahead of the Brewers in first place in the NL Central. But good point here, their 515 win percentage, that's not going to win you the division. You can't keep relying on, your, uh, on the people behind you to lose games for you to stay in first place. You need to win games as well and pad that lead. Because Cincinnati's coming, so are the Cubbies. They're going to give you a run for your money. Eight oh five, first first pitch from Wrigley Field tonight, Johan Oviedo against Marcus Stroman. Pirates-Cubs wrapping up their three-game set before the Pirates head to Milwaukee to take on the Brewers. Hopefully they can end with a win. That way they get a little bit of momentum heading into Milwaukee. That'll be this morning's Buck of Joe here on Fan First Sports Network from Talk the Plank. My name is Jake. You can follow us at Talk the Plank Pod at Fans First SN. You can follow me at underscore Radio Jake, and as always, follow Bucks Dugout on Twitter. We'll see you tomorrow with another morning Buck of Joe. Tomorrow's Friday, so at least there's that. We'll see you tomorrow.